Marty Plum, and I am your host of A Pen and a Napkin Podcast, a weekly coaching clinic in your pocket. And I am really excited for today's guest, a longtime friend of mine. I'm I'm fortunate to call him a friend. He's a guy that took me and a bunch of other guys under his wing a long time ago when he was just getting started building his program at Iowa State University. Uh, Head coach Bill Finley of the Iowa State Cyclones, the, the, the the women's basketball team at Iowa State University. So excited to have you on here today. Uh, but before we get going, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at COSAC Chiro, that's K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com, or give them a call at 402 402- Nine six four zero three zero zero. Be sure to tell them that a pen and a napkin sent you. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put stuff out there daily, uh, daily coaching tidbits. So be sure to follow us there. Be sure to like and subscribe us uh, to the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, on iTunes, rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Do everything you can to help us out. To uh, create more traffic so we can reach out and help more coaches. Also, if you'd like to email the pod, uh, do so at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for any future pods, let us know. But for the time being, and I know our our time's a little bit limited here today, so I want to jump right into it. Coach Finley, how are you doing today? Oh, it's always awesome to talk uh, with you, and I know that uh, you're in your preseason practices, so I can't tell you enough how how much I appreciate you coming on here in in, in the beginning of your your crazy time. Um, before we get going, I, I do want to ask you are are you okay after the National League Championship Series here? Uh, that was kind of a struggle, you know. Obviously, it's exciting uh, as a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan to. To see your team advance and uh, you know keep playing, and then all of a sudden it comes to an abrupt halt. Uh, kind of sometimes when uh, you know you get excited, but uh, no, it was not a good way to end it. But that's sport, and you know you show up, you play hard. Uh, but certainly the Nationals are a much better team, and uh, <laughs> but it ended quickly and abruptly, and uh, with a definite thud. So. Uh, <laughs> series but it was not a, it was not a fun night the only good thing about it was my uh my girl Lady Della down throughout the first pitch and I was texting with her and I said Elena you're killing me that you threw out the first pitch uh, after winning the world championship at the nationals game but happy for her but she I put put one more uh nail in the coffin of my cardinals that night well you know I don't know if you remember uh when the when the cardinals swept the the cubs and effectively ended our season. We were texting back and forth a little bit, right. and I was like, uh, you know, thanks for taking the, all the stress out of, you know, my October baseball here, you know, and, and you know, your your guys kind of ended my team season with a four-game sweep, and then your guys, you know, went down in the four-game sweep. But, you know, like you said, Washington, they've just been not on fire lately. They've been on fire for about four months, and they're, they're yeah, playing really what, well. Like, what, 19-31 to start, and all of a sudden, I mean, when you – when you have that kind of pitching and then, you know, Rendon and Soto and 
Yep. You know, the Holly Kendrick story, and obviously Ryan Zimmerman, who was been with the franchise forever. I mean, it's a, it's a great story, and I'm, I'll root for them, not just because they beat the Cardinals. I'm a National League guy, so I'll root yep. for them anyway. But uh, it, it was uh, it was a no-brainer. It was kind of like us in Baylor sometimes. <laughs> you show up, you can you do the best you can, but it doesn't usually end well. So uh, uh, it certainly did the other the other night. Well, you'll 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 get back to those guys. Don't worry. So, um, well, hey, let's jump into the hoops here. Uh, for those of, uh, of our listeners that are unfamiliar uh, with with Coach Finley and, and his background, especially at Iowa State, uh, you know, Coach, when you took over 25 years ago, the program was not in good shape in any way, shape, or form, and you had had some good success at Toledo, and you'd been a longtime assistant for you know a, a lot of good people, uh, but it, but it was a pretty daunting rebuilding program and i know you as an iowa guy took a lot of pride in rebuilding an iowa program uh, a program located in the state of iowa um when when you walked into it um and i guess this is you know rebuilding programs at any level um you know what what kind of plan did you have was you know what were your priorities uh did you did you have a plan uh that you proposed during your interview process uh, you know, how did you sell it? You know, just kind of go into to that type of stuff. No, Coach, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I think when you go into a situation, I don't care what level you're at, middle school, high school, college, we wanted to identify uh, that we wanted to be a part of the university. We wanted to be something positive. We wanted to, um, you know, obviously you, you, you want to win games. And when you coach women's basketball, you know, I, I'm smart enough to know where you are in the pecking order. You know, for us, it's, you know, the football teams need to win. The men's basketball team needs to win. So you want to have a program. You want to have a, a culture that makes everything better and, and whatever that means to each individual person. But we came in here, like you said, uh, I'm from the state of Iowa. My wife's from the state of Iowa. We moved here when our boys were fifth and first grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we took a pay cut to come here and we wanted to come back home. We wanted our kids to be raised where they, they could see their grandparents and, and be raised in the Midwest. And we had a great job in Toledo. We loved it. We still love the people there. They're still part of our life. But I, I think we just decided that if Gene Smith was the athletic director in Ohio State who hired us, that this is the plan for us. We wanted to be a part of something. And we live in a state, coaches, you know, yep. that, that has embraced women's girls high school athletics forever yep so i mean it wasn't a, a big jump in that way but it was it was not a good situation um there was, there was not a great level of success we weren't drawing fans so it was, it was a, literally a grassroots i grew up in a family where my dad was a local politician not to get everyone mad at politics but um just a politician you're not you're not picking a side you're just politician so yeah i learned yeah. quickly that it's a grassroots, like if we had, if, if you said two hours from now, they're going to have a, an open scrimmage of Nebraska football, the place to be sold out. If, if you had a two hour open scrimmage for football or men's basketball at Iowa State, the place to be sold out. In our sport, we needed one, two, three, grip and grin, get people to come, work the room. And, and that's how we started it. And, you know, I, I don't save a lot of things. As you know, I have, my USA basketball stuff. I have some stuff to yep. with my family, mm-hmm. but I have a, a, a box score. The first game I coached at Iowa State, uh, we had 310 people at the game, and I joked 
locally that I know that for a fact because I think I shook every one of their hands <laughs> and thanked them for coming. And, and now we're averaging 10,000 people. So um, it's been a long day-to-day grind. Um, I'm on my sixth men's basketball coach, fourth football coach, fourth president, fourth AD. And so you, you need a lot of people. Uh, you know, when you raise a family, they always say, it takes a village. It certainly takes a village to grow a program, uh, but you got to have an idea of what you want to do, how you want to do it. And we had a plan and, and luckily it's, it's worked day by day and hopefully we can continue it. You, you often talk about, um, well, first I want to say this. Um, the one thing, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to know you for a long time when you were first trying to get it going and me and Tony Viss and Chad Angel and all those guys, Bixler, We'd come over and work your camps. and um, But, you know, when you were trying to get it off the ground, you were talking about that grassroots campaign. Um, I know you don't know this, but when I came over last winter, um, before you're getting ready to play the number one team in the country, I saw you go up to the stands and talk to people 45 minutes before tip, you know, just thanking the fans. And that's not something that a lot of people at your level – are willing to do and 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 I, I I think that just says a lot about you, Coach. You know that I was I was watching you do that and that and that impressed the heck out of me. You know. Well, Coach, I, I think the thing about it is what I tell people: marketing and recruiting in women's basketball, recruiting in every sport, but especially the marketing aspect, it's like breathing. You do mm-hmm. it all the time, or you die. Yeah. And and we have to be that way. We our men's coach. Um, now you have Coach Hoiberg and, and Lincoln. Um, they don't have to do that stuff. And, and that's yeah. just the world we live in where our fans need to know how much they are appreciated by me, our players. Mm-hmm. I talk to our kids every single day, and our seniors kind of, as you know, at the end of practice, seniors kind of have that roll your eyes like, here we, here we go again. <laughs> you know, it's academics, it's social media. And appreciation for the fan base. Mm-hmm. That is an every single day thing. It's on our practice card every day. It's just the way we live. It's the way we want to live. And when you live in a state like ours, in Nebraska, where there's no um, major league sports, you, you people are, are invested. They, yep. they want to go to work every day and root for their team and be proud of their team. And if they have a connection emotionally to that team, then it adds, and, and there are people that come to our games. I, I can tell you, you know, I've been married 37 years. My wife's the best marketing director of all time. I wish I would have got her on the payroll, but <laughs> people come to our games because it, they're nice people. I like the families. I saw them at the grocery store. I saw them, whatever. Let's just go to the game. And it, that that's just how it is. And I think that's not going to change in our sport. So you got to build an environment around your, your program where, People feel appreciated every single day, and we try and do that. It's, it's hard. It's, it's time-consuming, but um, the alternative is not a good one, and we understand that. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things that, that I saw, um, you, you, uh, you had a couple of recruits down there, and, and you, you, know, you often put on your Twitter, and, and Billy does the same thing, and Jody, you know, the Iowa State way. And, and, and I, and I've seen that in action. I know what it is, but then I saw, I saw on the, 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 the passes for the recruits and their families, um, you, you had a list of about 10 things. Um, I think it was 10 things. Could you go right. through that 
for our listeners, uh, just kind of, you say the Iowa State way, and then you've got it lined out there. What are those 10 things? And I apologize if you don't have it right in front of you or, you know, but uh, can you, can you delve right. into that? Yeah, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but, but the biggest thing for us is be accountable, be appreciative. Uh, everyone is important. Do your best. No excuses. Be on time. Be accountable. Uh, appreciate coaches. Appreciate your parents. Appreciate teachers. Um, understand the big thing, coaches. Understand how, why you are where you are. Like our players are blessed, and they worked very hard. But they're all on scholarship. We have a Nike deal. We have training table. We have charter airplanes. We have a practice facility. We have a there. There is you know we have doctors. We have dentists. We have mental health professionals. We have dietitians. They there's nothing that they don't have. And what we try and say to our players, the Iowa State way is about how we go about doing our business every single day. You are early for class, you sit in the front row. You thank the bus driver every single time you get off the bus. When you're on a charter airplane, everyone is quiet while the flight attendant does their two-minute spiel that no one in the country listens to. We do. (laughs) It's things like that that we have tried to instill in our kids so that as they they become parents and they become good, you know, an uncoachable kid is an unhirable employee in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and and so we just try and make sure that our the kids that come visit us, I, I tell people all the time, Iowa State is a phenomenal place, but it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. And I'm not for everyone. Our school's not for everyone. So we need to try and identify people that understand that, you know, when you walk off the court, you thank the managers, you thank the trainers, you thank the scout team guys. That's just the way we go about it. And, you know, it's not right or wrong. It's just the way we want to live our life and um, and the way we want our program to be. I, when we go on the road, Coach, I tell our team, like, we go to like we go to Lincoln and stay in a hotel. Yeah. There's, th- there's three kinds of people. Number one, there, there's Iowa State fans, not many, but who love us no matter what. There's going to be a group of people who hate us no matter what. And there's going to be people that have never had any real interaction with Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Well, I want those people to say, you know, I'm not really an Iowa State fan, but I like them. I like the way they act. I like the way they treat the waiters and the people in the hotel. That's all part of what we do. We try and share that with the kids that we recruit because that's what they're going to be involved in when they get here. And It's harder and harder to identify that stuff. Recruiting's become a ridiculously crazy enterprise. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. And that's what we try and do. Do you, um, you, there's a famous story when you took over and you handed out shoes for the first time. I don't, I don't know if you remember that story. And I know, I know I read it. Uh, can you, can you give that quick story real quick? Just showing, you know, again, talking about coaches rebuilding a program. And a lot of people would think it's all about this drill or that, um, you know, this offense or whatever. And, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But but can you tell the shoe story real quick? Yeah. Um, we got the job, and obviously we had a, a very little, minimal Nike contract at the time. But uh, our kids were going to get shoes. Uh, they were going to get two pair of shoes, a running pair and basketball shoes. And I told our equipment person at the time, I said, I want to know 
and I sent them all to the window, one by one. Not, don't put them in their locker. Make them come to the window, sign them out. And I said, I want to know who says thank you when they when you give them their two pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And we did it, and the equipment guy came up and said, do you want to know? I said, yeah. I, I asked that question for a reason. He gave me the names of seven of the 12 people didn't say a word. So I went and had him take the shoes back. And I got some backlash from some people and said, well, those are mine. I said, no, someone just gave you two pairs of shoes that were worth a lot of money. You need to say thank you. And that's kind of how it all started. And it was probably my third week on the job. And it's kind of grown from there. But that's exactly what happened. And um, uh, I think they understood the, the, the message and the yeah. The message of the madness of the, and the you know, as you know, coach, the word culture gets thrown out around, gets thrown around a lot now. Uh-huh. You know, what's your culture? Um, I just wanted it to be a group of people that appreciate things, and yep. that's how it started for us. Yeah, and it needed to be done in order no, to get to get things going in the direction that you needed to go. That's the simple absolutely. things that you needed to start with. You know, absolutely. Um, speaking of the future, um, you guys really were one of the first women's teams to really embrace the three-point shot. What was kind of the the thought? Because, you know, one through five, you know, that's the popular thing to be doing the last two, three, five years. But you guys have been doing it for 25 years. You know, um, what was the thought process, process behind that? Well, I, I think initially it was, uh, there's a couple things. Number one, we, we weren't talented enough. Um, athletic enough. We, we had some skill sets. Uh, we, we inherited, luckily, a kid named Tara Gunderson. Um, oh, yeah, I remember her. Yeah. Gunny, perfect nickname for a kid who shot the three. Um, we inherited a kid that, that was a great shooter in high school, six on six in Iowa, Didn't was not allowed to shoot it her first two years at Iowa State, shot more threes her first two games than she did two years combined. Um <laughs> But we, we were not overly athletic, so we stretched the court. Um, we tried to play three for two. Um, and it was a it was a way for us to try and get some fan excitement. The mm-hmm. women's game doesn't have a dunk. Yep. So and I, I, I told our players, I said, I came from Notre Dame as an assistant and we used to call three point Jesus, not touchdown Jesus. <laughs> and I said, You guys, even the officials are excited. They throw their hands in the air when you make a shot. So <laughs> We just tried to market it that way. And uh-huh. We have the longest current streak in the country of, I don't know what the number is, Coach. It's it's astronomical. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's a ridiculous number yeah. right now of consecutive games with a made three-point shot. Um, coaches who come watch us practice now, which we have a lot, which is great, always comment, like, every single person on our team shoots threes in practice. Um, and I learned that the hard way too. Like when I was the first head coach, I had a, I designed to play, and we were down to at Xavier, my first game in Toledo. I designed to play, and I'm coming out of the huddle, and I designed to play for Kid and Kid Sikulski. I'll never forget as long as I live to shoot the three. I said we're gonna we're on the road. We're gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. She comes out of the huddle and says to me, Coach, I've never shot a three in my life. <laughs> luckily, she, luckily. She passed the ball to another kid who banks one in as a miracle shot. And of course, that was the play I designed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Take all the credit. But, Take all the credit. But I, just, I learned that day that every day in practice, 
whether it's three to five minutes, every single kid dribbles it, and every single kid shoots threes. And that's kind of the way we've done it, and um, it's just part of who we are. And when you play against the Baylor's in Texas, and you got to find a way to overcome your deficiencies. And, and for us, you know, you make 10 threes, that's 30 points. They make two threes, that's six points. So that's 24 points to, yeah. to give you a chance. And, and yeah. that's, that's, it's, it's always been a part of who we are. It always will be. You know, talking about that, you, you, I think you're reading my mind because you, you're, you're the end of your answers are leading right into my next question. So, uh, if I'm reading your mind, Coach, that's a really that's, I don't know if that's good for you or me. Well, <laughs> or bad for you. But, but I tell you, there's not. It's more like a picture book or or something that you're reading if you're reading it right now. So, <laughs> um, but you're uh, you know you're talking about uh, shooters and, and dribbling and that type of stuff. And and you and I have talked. You know, you're you're usually not going to get into the same living rooms as some other coaches, but you guys right. have done a great job of developing your players. I mean, going back to Angie Welly and Stacy freeze and, and the latest, you know, is, uh, you know, Bridget. Um, right. and, and you guys do a great job of, of developing your homegrown players and competing at a very high level with those traditional powers. Um, what what are some of the keys that you guys have in your player development program? What are some of the things that you guys emphasize off season, during the season, that type of stuff that 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 that, that could be adapted by high school coaches? No, I, I think for us, it's all about skill set. Um, if you came in the fall and watch us work out, we don't talk defense. We don't spend any time on it. In the summer, uh, we don't. Uh, it's it's all skills it's ball handling anything with the ball like we dribble we pass we catch we shoot um that's what we're all about um we have we have a great staff that believes in in, uh i have a a great staff that believes in skill development they're great teachers coach dyer coach shaven my son ability uh do a great job of individual workouts uh we spend a lot of time we we, if you come watch us practice there's five things we don't do enough whether it's, you know, defensive drills or whatever, we spend a lot of time shooting. We shoot a ton of free throws. We've we've been one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. I think seven of the last ten years we've been 75% or higher. We've been over 80% three times uh, as a team. Uh, but it's, 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 it's a critical part of what we do, and our kids understand that. So, like, we, we ask them to come in. Here's a level that you are. We're going to try and take you to another level. Uh, the, the former athletic director of Colorado, uh, really good friend of mine, uh, Richard Tharp, he's, he's now retired. When we were in the Big we were in the big 12 together, he said, I'm, he said to me, he said, Coach Ben, I'm going to put it in your tombstone. Your kids love to play, and they always get better as they get older. And That's, that's a great I, compliment. That's a great that, compliment. That, it is. I told him. I said, that's – I've never – I couldn't say anything better, and, but it's it's a, it's a process, and kids come in, and and basketball is a sport where um, you hear, unfortunately, now kids are like, oh, the, the next time I'll pick up a ball in my next game, and I'm I'm a firm believer in multi-sport kids. I love it. I think they should play every sport possible. They learn to compete. They learn to interact with in, in different situations, and they might not be the star of the volleyball team, but they're the star of the basketball team, and I, I love that. But 
but it is part of it, and, and it's it's a huge thing for us, um, the individual workout stuff. And I'm a big work hard, work fast. Um, I got myself in trouble, I think, a few years ago at the Iowa High School Coaches Clinic. Somebody said, you know, they hand out T-shirts for, hey, I shot a 1,000 shots in the summer. And I said, you got to burn those T-shirts. Give them a T-shirt that I made 300 shots. You know, mm-hmm. so we, we talk about learning how to make shots, not take shots. So it, it's just who we are. It's, it's how we identify kids that their best basketball hopefully is ahead of them. Uh, you know, they're not, we've never had a five-star kid, never will, uh, all that stuff. But uh, that's that's how we go about doing our business on a daily basis. I'm assuming, you know, you have your, you have your hands in it, but a lot of that is Jody and, and Latoya and Billy working with the kids on an individual basis, right? You you, you do a no, lot of that delegation, correct? Yeah, when it comes to that, they do 90% of it, and they're, they're amazing teachers. They, they, they get it. They understand it. Um, the kids trust them. And I think it's a great thing for them because they're in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 that's their deal. I think it's good for the kids to hear a different voice. Um I, you know, I monitor it. We all dealt, you know, we talk about different things, but uh-huh. the actual work that goes into an individual workout most of the time is with my assistant coaches and they've done an amazing job of, of, of I mean, Bridget Carlton is who she is because of her parents, number one, and number two, because of Jody Steyer. Yep. That, that's, that's it. I mean, that's how it's gone. And, and, and I think that's what you want is that, that those kids that, buy into it they can they can do it on their own time they can do it to the levels they want they can they can figure out little things and again as we all know like you know the head coach does some things and and sometimes if the kids are at ease uh they get their work in uh you know we talk about we want when we do position work in practice i say i want this 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 done mm-hmm. and i let them coach it teach it and like you said delegate it because it's good for everyone. The coaches want ownership of it. The kids are more a little, little more relaxed, and they all understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, when I was when I was head coach, I would always, you know, that that was my assistant coaches. Depending on the day, ten to twenty minute segment where I just completely step back and I, you know, I'd roam around and and right. hey, hey, Susie, you know, get you got to get lower on your drop step or something like that, but. I would turn that time, if possible, over to my assistants. I didn't want to be in charge of a post or guards or a point guards because, like you said, I wanted my assistants to, to have something that they really owned. The kids wouldn't hear my voice for 10 to 20 minutes a day. You know, all the way down the line, I think that's a really positive thing. No, it's good. And you look at every level. I mean, you look at men's basketball, you look at the NBA. If you go to an NBA game, it's the assistant coaches are working kids out. There's just a different vibe to it, a different feel to it. Um, and I, I don't think there's any question that it, it benefits everyone, um, you know, the kids, the, the coaches. And, 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 you know, now I have my assistants always coming to me like, hey, I, I, I watched this. I went to a clinic, and I always send my staff out every year and say, hey, pick two or three teams that you want to go watch, whether it's individual workouts, their offense, their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our, our kids now – our staff now is learning stuff that our, my staff has learned from other staffs. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause now we live in this positionless basketball world. So 
you know, our, 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 you know, Billy went to watch the Bulls practice and we've had people go to the Thunder and, 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 you know, so it's all one of those things that, uh, you just want them to learn and, and be able to translate to the kids and make them better. And, uh, they like that. Got about three or four things here. Like I said, I know we're running short on time. I know you're really busy, but, uh, uh, when you're out recruiting a kid, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Bill Finley, it can be a, an right. NAIA coach, a Division II coach. Uh, when you are watching a kid play, and, and you're watching uh, their relationship with with their coach, as, as you're watching a, a high school kid play, and you're watching their coach coach, what are some things that you're looking for in the relationship between that player or players and their high school coach? Uh Number one, I'm, I'm looking at their parents in the stands uh-huh. and how they're reacting um, uh, <laughs> to the coach, to the officials, to their own kid. Uh, number two, from a coaching standpoint, do they listen? Do they pay attention? Are they engaged? If the coach takes them out, I don't want a towel on my head. I don't want you to walk down and, and pout. Um, do you do you accept coaching? I, I you know I believe in you know average players are hard to coach. Um, you know, the great players want to be coached hard. And, you know, so we watch that a lot, you know, the interaction and, uh, with their teammates. You know, a lot of the kids that, that, that you recruit for college, they might be better than their teammates. So if I make, you know, you make a pass and a teammate doesn't catch it, do you roll your eyes, do you throw your hands in the air, or do you walk up to them and go, hey, you're good, I'll throw it to you again the next time. And, uh, you know, all those little things, how do they relate to the student body? How do they – relate to everything that's going on around them because usually they're the best or one of the best players in the game. So how do you, are you going to represent my school? How are you representing your high school? You know, are people, do they want to play with you? Do they want to interact with you? Just, you know, do you, does the coach say, you know, is there a timeout? And, you know, are you looking in the stands? Are you, are you locked into what the coach is saying when the coach is saying something? to you that maybe you don't want to hear. And, and yeah. I, most of the time when we go to watch games, we're not evaluating your ability to play. We're evaluating everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I, I spend time at the concession stand. Hey, tell me about Susie. Yeah. You know, tell me about like, you know, all that stuff. It, 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 and I think we have to do that as coaches more and more and more because there's a lot of kids that can pass, dribble and shoot it. There's a lot of other things that impact the success of your team, the dynamics of your team, your locker room, your university. Um, so we're all looking at that, and, and obviously it's something that's become bigger and bigger, and we go about that, and we talk about it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was over last winter, you know, you and I were talking, and, and you know, you've been, you've been at Iowa State, you know, twenty. this is your 25th year. And you've been at it for I, I can't you know I don't remember the exact math, but Longer it's it's you've been alive. <laughs> I, um, not quite that long, but it's close. It's close. It's close. Um, but um, you know, you kind of were were pretty public about you went through a stretch a few years ago where you you just kind of lost your passion for yep. it a little bit, and and that type of thing, and. It's hard. I mean, I know, I know. I had the, those situations. And um, what are some things that have happened the last few years that has kind of 
reignited that a little bit for you. Well, no, you're right, Coach. About a year and a half ago, I really, I actually told my AD that I was probably going to be done. Um, not because I really wanted to, but you kind of feel like, ah, eh, they need a different voice, whatever. The kids weren't buying into some things. Um, I think the biggest change for me was I just took a step back and said, we're going to, we're going to do things the way we want to do them and not try and do things to catch up with other people. And, and the term that I used when I got here, we kind of went back to is we are going to embrace who we are and not apologize for what we're not. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Bridget Carlton kind of ignited something to me that there are people that will listen and want to be coached. Alexa Middleton, who transferred here from Tennessee, ignited that. And then we had a kid named Meredith Burkhall, who's from Des Moines, Iowa, who was a starter for two years. And, every, you know, her junior and senior year played less and less, did not start as a senior, um, did, wore our uniform with more class and dignity than any human being ever. And she would always say to me, Coach, you know, just stay the course, we're good. Um, my wife, I mean, there's a lot of things we talked about, sure. but it's mainly coach. It was, we just went back to, and, and it sounds old school and you sound like the old guy get off my lawn, but we went back to the way we started Yeah. and this, you know, we're going to coach this way. We're going to play this way. We're going to recruit this way. And we're going to demand certain things of, of our staff, of our players. Um, I think I, personally it was my fault. I let some things slip that, I would have corrected five years ago that I let, well, okay, I'm not going to, you know, the kids are different. Let them go. I completely went the other way. We went back to, there are certain things we were going to demand and they're non-negotiable. And, uh, was it, uh, was it, it zero, zero. It had to do with the culture of the kids, the way they approached it and turned out to be the best thing ever. Was it tough? I don't know if tough's the right word, but I'm, that's the word I'm going to use here. But was it a little bit tough to kind of look at yourself in the mirror and kind of say, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, I got to do some things differently. I got to get back. You know, there's some things I've let slip. And was was that a little bit hard to kind of say, you know, put put oh. some of that onus on your shoulders? Oh, it was my fault. It yeah. was totally my fault. And, and yeah, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you know, things are going pretty well and you think you're – you're doing well, and all of a sudden, I mean, we didn't slip. I mean, there were years, Coach, we, we were in the NCAA tournament, and I was miserable you know, yeah. in, in some regards. Like, it wasn't about, like you said, it was all, you know, always about the winning and losing. It was about the way we went about our business yep. every single day, and we kind of lost our way, and that fell on me, and I needed to redirect my vision, my focus with our staff, and it was hard. I mean, yeah. it's, it's when you look in the mirror, you have to look at your wife and your kids and your staff and go, I have totally messed this up and I have to not reinvent yourself. But you got to, you, you got to, you do, you, yeah. you have to admit that, Hey, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And it is my fault. And I need to be willing to change and correct it. And we did. Uh, I think we're in a great spot. we you know, after last year, I don't think we've ever been in a better spot. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. and luckily I have an amazing staff, and hopefully uh, the next few years at Iowa State will be ones that our fans appreciate and enjoy. Two more quick questions. Um, yes, 
any uh, what advice would you be if if we've got a high school coach that's listening to this and uh, they want to uh, move up to the level of competition that that, that you're at or, or the college game in general uh, right. what what would be two or three pieces of advice that you would give somebody that would be interested in that um, I think if you want to move up it, it is tough I'm not gonna lie it's tough to go from high school to college um, I think you have to be willing to take a really hard job go to a junior college be a graduate assistant um, do some things outside the box. Uh, I think you have to evaluate where your family situation is. Uh, where are you, you know, not just, you know, uh, husband, wife, kids, financially, uh, career path, all that kind of stuff. But if it is your passion, I think you just have to really look at it and go, I'm going to go be a GA. I'm going to go into, the, and again, it, it impacts it. If you're a little younger, it might help because right now in our job, the, the graphics, the the inner, you know, the all that stuff, the, the internet, the, the, the Twitter, stuff the Instagram, yeah, Instagram, all that stuff is huge. So if you have a knowledge of that, that helps. But I think you have to be willing to take a step back. And then the other thing is, are you willing to relocate? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I live in Iowa, I live in Nebraska, to my roots are. I'm not going to go to Montana, California, North Carolina. I think you just have to. But it's very, very hard to do. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, uh, you know, you don't want to leave a job. Just, you know, the college thing is a good thing sometimes. Yep. But it's a different world, uh, recruiting. And yep. uh, you, know, you don't get your summers off. And yep. not that high school coaches do. But it, it's possible. But you got to find the right niche. you got to, you know, make your connections and go from there. But it's a, it's a tough move from high school to – to a college situation, Division One. Now, yeah. you want to go D three, D two, NAI. It might be a little easier. Mm-hmm. Now you have to you, normally you have to teach, so you probably need a master's. Yep. So there's 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 struggles or hurdles or things you have to do, no matter what. But it's possible, but it, it's it's not as easy as it used to be. Yep. Um, last thing, I, I know how important your family is to you. You know your wife Deb. <laughs> Um, she's just absolutely awesome gal when, when we, you know, when we would come down there, she treated us like royalty, you know, last, when I came down to the game last year, she, she turned and looked at me and, Hey, I know you. And it, 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 it been like, it'd been like 10 years since I'd seen her. I'm like, Oh yeah. She's like, it took her a second. We got there, but, uh, we, we've had some coaches on the pod that have had to, that have coached their kids. But right. you're in a situation where you're working with your son. You're working with Billy, right. and, and you've had that right. for six or seven years. Uh, how how great has that been for you? I'll tell you, Coach, it's the best thing ever. Um, as you know, number one, um, like your bride and my bride, best recruits we ever got. Absolutely. They're going straight to heaven. You're married to a coach. You're going straight to heaven. And it's, <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough gig, you know. Um, but, you know, Deb, you know, we've been married 37 years. She's been a big part of what we're doing. And, um, the one thing about having Billy here is I get to see him every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to see my grandkids every day. Uh, but I missed a lot when he was growing up. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm recruiting. You know, I missed 15 anniversaries because I was recruiting. And uh, back when I was young and stupid, and I had to work hard. You know, my yeah. family suffered. But my wife raised two great boys. My son Stevens, the assistant coach at Northern Iowa, 
Mm-hmm. Um, doing, you know, loves working for Coach Warren. It's a great situation there. And, yeah. But to have Billy here every day, you don't make those – Coach, you don't make those days up. Yep. But at least I get to see him. We get to share things together. He, he's not afraid to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Um, that's the bad part. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's, he's pretty vocal about that. But the idea that um, I'm still a part of his life and, and we're connected uh, professionally and personally on a level that, you know, you, as a father, you always want to be like your son Michael's out working for Coach Hoiberg. And yep. that's, a, that's a great thing to see your son be successful and appreciate those things. But to, to be, to see him every day, see how boys do what they're doing. I'm, I'm really, really proud. All the yeah. credit uh, goes to their mother, but uh, it's fun to see him every day. And hopefully uh, uh, he's enjoying what he's doing. I, I try to talk them both out of it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I, really did. I, I swear I, to God, I did. Billy, I kind of thought was in it for life. Steven kind of shocked me when he said, dad, I really want to do this. So, I'm like, oh my goodness. So I don't know how many families have a, you know, three three people in the same family all coaching Division One basketball. But um, it's been fun for us. So my wife sees a lot of Iowa State Northern Iowa games. So it's a lot of fun. Well, and it's good to have Stephen back in the state and see the, those grandkids, uh, his kids as well, and. You know, I'm excited. Tomorrow I'm going down uh, to watch Coach Hoiberg's practice. I, I, I'm pretty yep. sure Michael doesn't know I'm coming. I'm, I'm going to try and surprise him. So, uh, well, but get ready. You're taking him to dinner. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ain't kidding there. That kid has gotten more that's free meals. About, that's the bad thing about having Billy on staff. When we recruit together. You know, I have to pay for everything. I, I, they're never off the parent ship. That's what I tell people. So <laughs> it is what it is. So, you know, my dad keeps claiming that he's, you know, he's retired. You know, well, I'm on a fixed income. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you driving your Trans Am around Sheldon, Iowa? Yeah, you're on a real fixed income there, Pop. There so, I love it. so I love it. well, Coach, uh, I, I know you got to get running. Um, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on here. I can't thank you enough for your friendship. You've always been there for me uh, when, you, when you didn't have to. Um, we've had conversations over the years, and um, you've just been always very supportive of, of me, and not only me, but all all those yahoos that started back with you 20, 25 years ago at those camps. And, and you've been a huge influence on all of us. And so uh, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you've done for me and my family. And, and uh, you know, you know, I'm always there for you guys and, and anything you need, just, just give us a holler. So. Well, well coach, I, I can't thank you enough either. I, you know, this program is where it is for a lot of people. And, and that includes you and, Tony Viss and Coach Bix and Coach Angel and uh, all the people that have done something. Everyone's impacted our lives. And um, I think what you're doing now is exciting. I think it'll be great for, you know, your commitment still to the sport, to, to coaches and young people. So uh, we look forward to having you back over. Uh, uh, I'll be over. Coach, tell, tell Coach Horberg hi for me. And, uh, I will. Uh, please give your bright hug. We look forward to talking to you down the road now with um, I would really, really hope that it, as this thing grows, uh, uh, this is going to be one of those podcasts that we all listen to and enjoy. So I, I really encourage folks to, to get on board and do it. And I'm sure you can have a lot more great people on. So thanks, Coach. And have a good one, okay? Yep. I, I just, you know, give us a shout on the social media and uh, and, 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 and I'll, I'll buy you dinner for it or something like that. How about and, that? No, my treat, buddy. I owe you. All right. Thanks, thanks coach. coach. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. You too.
we want to we want to thank uh, Coach Finley from Iowa State University for being on the pod. Uh, we also want to thank COSAC Chiropractic for once again sponsoring the podcast. If you need anything, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Again, follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. And if you uh, want to email us, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Download, rate, and review. Uh, coaches, this was terrific. Coach Finley is one of the salt of the earth guys of the world. And I hope, uh, you, uh, got a lot from it. Cause I know I did. I got a lot of stuff written down. I've known the guy for 25 years and I got a full two pages of notes as I'm listening to him talk here today. So want to thank everybody for listening. Good luck and good night and have a great evening.